Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Rapnolis. I can say this about my school career. I might not have been the best student. But I was very rarely in trouble, so it was weird when my teacher decided to call my mother in for a parent-teacher conference. My mother had gone to parent-teacher conferences before for my sisters, who were a bit older than me. But besides the normal once or twice a year where they were encouraged to come in, she was never called in to talk to the teacher because of me. So I was terrified. My mother got all dressed up, as mothers do, and went to see the teacher. Now my mother would tell me this story. This is how it went when she got there. She was welcomed, and the teacher said, I haven't seen you in a while since I had your daughter. Now I want to talk about your son, who I think needs academic enrichment. Now my mother hears academic enrichment and thinks, oh no, my kid has to go into remedial studies. She was a little upset, but she was like, okay, let's hear the explanation for this. But the teacher just looked at her, waiting for a reaction. So my mother was like, why do you think my kid needs this? And she says, well, it'll be good for him. Still nothing. So my mother put it on the line and said, I don't think so. I think I have a pretty bright kid. And the teacher interrupted her and goes, I don't think you understand what I'm talking about. And she didn't because academic enrichment, as I would find out, was a class not for kids in remedial, but for kids who would achieve better in a different type of academic setting. When my mother did come home, she was beaming very proudly and told me I would be going into this class, and I was very excited. I knew about this class. They had this brand new classroom at the end of the hall, and it had computers in it, and if you looked in there, they never seemed to be just sitting at desks. They were sitting at tables and moving around constantly. If you've listened to the show before, you know that I had been subject to a decent amount of bullying, maybe not more than the average person, but I thought that when I got into this class, I would would be with people who would treat me differently. That turned out to be not the case at all. They would not physically torment me, but intellectually and mentally, they would rip into me time and time again, basically saying that I did not belong in that classroom. Despite that, I loved that class. Up till that point, it was the highlight of my academic career, and it taught me that no matter what group you're in, no matter what type of people surround you, there are going to be jerks. Some are more physical. Others are much more creative. I remember we had a lesson to write poems, and I'd never written a poem before in my life before this moment. And the other kids just started scribbling writing poems, and I had to constantly reference what the format should be. And the three people who mostly picked on me had all written pretty good poems that mocked me in some way. The teacher had to talk with them, but they continued. When I look at the TV show Head of the Class, which was a show I watched a whole lot, I can tell you that that is how I wanted the class to be. A great teacher who would challenge you and then a class of all different types of people who would come together and learn from each other. That's probably the influence of Star Trek working on me, but even to this day, it is still the way I dreamed that class would have turned out. It didn't. It was nothing like head of the class. 
I had a good teacher, I had access to computers, and there was this long-term assignment where I got to make my own board game. And that is an experience I would sit through whatever sort of barbs or beatings anybody wanted to give me. Because even after all that stuff, it felt great. On today's show, we're going to talk about my dream classroom from when I was younger, the classroom in the TV show, Head of the Class. We'll talk about the people behind the camera, the people in front of the camera, the stars. We'll talk about the plot. We'll talk a little bit about how well the show did, its spinoffs, and where you can or can't find the show today. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show. Class is a sitcom that ran from 1986 to 1991 for five seasons on the ABC network. It followed a group of students, gifted students, in the IHP program, or Individualized Honors Program, at Monroe High School in Manhattan. For most of the run of the show, except for the last season, the class is led by history teacher Charlie Moore, played by Howard Hessman. The show was established as a vehicle for Hessman, although I don't think he really appreciated it, and we'll talk a little bit about him leaving the show later. The series was created and produced by Rich Eustace and Michael Elias. A lot of the ideas for the show were based on Eustace's experience as a New York City substitute teacher. Both of them would write many episodes and executive produce the show. Eustace had worked a lot on TV, including on the Glenn Campbell Good Time Hour, and has worked most recently on the TV show Scrubs. Elias has an amazing resume, but to me the highlight of it is that he wrote the screenplay for The Jerk, the Steve Martin movie, which makes him comic royalty in my book. Today's show is brought to you by a local dairy. Need brain food? Why not have your local dairy deliver it? This familiar song means you're on your way. To start your day, find your dairy products on your doorstep. Today. Gotta love those dairies. Head of the class has a big cast of characters because you have to have a classroom full of kids to teach. And the IHP class that Charlie Moore, Howard Hessman, is teaching is based around history. And most of the plots of the show, while some of them do revolve around Hessman as an adult and things in his adult life, like saying not being able to afford his apartment and having to go back to his original career as an actor to pay for it, a lot of the plots revolve around his interaction with his students or his students' interaction with each other. The cast includes Arvid Engen, who was a proto-nerd, skinny, glasses. He was the math expert, comes from a line of math experts. His father is also a math genius. His best friend was the wise-cracking Dennis Blunden, computer guy. He's the one who sat in the back with his feet up, with his keyboard on his lap. Now, I can't help but think that that had to influence people who use computers now. 
because up till that point, I'd never seen a computer used in a classroom like that. This was an individual computer meant for this kid. This was a guy living the dream in my book. Dennis was a wiseacre and would get into all sorts of problems and usually would drag Arvid into them. Alan Pinkard was sort of the Alex Keaton of the show, an ultra-conservative, preppy, kind of a jerk, big Ronald Reagan fan. Darlene Merriman kind of got a bit of an ego, spoiled, rich. Her and Alan are always competing. Sarah Nevins, I think at some point in the show we find out that she has the lowest GPA. And I think she's supposed to be the most relatable. She certainly has the most centered personality, the least amount of extremes. Maria Borges, very hardcore alpha-type personality. She would later let her grades almost slip on purpose when she started dating a character played by Brad Pitt. Jawahal Chowdhury. He was an exchange student from India who really didn't get as much play as he deserved. You had Janice Lazzarato, the youngest in the class, put there because she was a genius, supposed to be 11 years old. Simone Foster, the sort of quiet poet type. And finally, you had Eric Mardian. He was sort of the unlikely tough guy, maybe the Fonzie type of the show, but he really liked Simone. Eventually, they would have a bit of a romance. Now, that is just the cast from inside the classroom. We haven't even gotten outside the classroom. Luckily, there were only two people, Dr. Harold Samuels, who was the principal of the school, and Bernadette Mira. She was Samuels' administrative assistant and I think supposed to be the love interest for Howard Hessman's character, but nothing sort of happened with them. Later on, when Howard Hessman would be replaced by Billy Connolly, a bit more of a romance would blossom. After these messages, we'll be right back. you astronauts? Yes, ma'am. We like to compare notes with Stevie on the new space station. Hi! Hey, we're the Pointer Sisters. We need Stevie's help with our new album. The Amiga Computer. What can it do? Well, what do you want it to do? I need some more help. Mr. O'Neill. Upstairs first door on the left. Amiga from Commodore. The computer for the creative mind. And now, back to the show. So let's get a little bit more about all these actors. You had Charlie Moore, played by Howard Hessman. Howard Hessman has worked a lot. He's probably best known, though, for playing Johnny Fever on WKRP in Cincinnati, and, of course, for his role on Head of the Class. Unfortunately, he didn't really like being on Head of the Class, it seems, and would talk badly about the show when being interviewed. So after four seasons, he was asked to be let go, and he would be replaced in season five with an actor we'll talk about a little bit later. Dennis Blunden was played by Dan Schneider, was on for all five seasons. Schneider worked in some wonderful 80s movies, including Making the Grade and Better Off Dead. Probably best known to TV audiences, though, for Head of the Class. Continues to work today. Arvid Engen was played by Dan Frischman. All five seasons. Frischman, who is from New Jersey, was a couple of years older 
than some of the other actors on the show, but had practiced playing younger characters. I think now he has gone back to one of his first loves, which is magic and fronting big band music. Kind of an interesting career trajectory. Sarah Nevins, played by Kimberly Russell, probably best known for her role on Head of the Class. And she was also in the Bill Cosby movie Ghost Dad. Maria Borges was played by Leslie Bega. She would only be on for three seasons, worked a lot in TV and theater. Was reading that she was a break dancer in the film Breakin' and Breakin' 2, Electric Boogaloo. I've got to rewatch those and see if I spot her. She was also on the 1985 version of The Twilight Zone. Darlene Merriman was played by Robin Givens. Has had quite a career, but sadly she might be best known for her short-lived marriage to boxer Mike Tyson. Simone Foster was played by Christine Hage. While best known for her work on Head of the Class, she also did voice work on Batman the Animated Series, where she voiced Rebecca Fallbrook. Jawahal Chowdhury was played by Jory Hussein, also known as Johair Coleman. He would only be on the first three seasons. He worked up until the 90s, and then his credits sort of trail off until the new millennium, and then around 2005, they pick up again. So he seems to be working. Alan Pinkard, played by Tony O'Dell, worked all five seasons. He's probably best known for his work in Head of the Class. He was also in the movie Chopping Mall. Eric Mardian was played by Brian Robbins, another all-five-seasons person, probably best known for Head of the Class. After the show, he would turn to producing and directing, and he's done pretty well for himself. Janice Lazzarato was played by Tannis Vallely. She worked for three seasons. After her work on Head of the Class, she would become a casting director. Dr. Harold Samuels was played by William G. Schilling. Schilling is retired now, probably best known for Head of the Class, though. Worked all five seasons. Bernadette Mira was played by Janetta Arnett. In addition to Head of the Class, she would continue to work and most recently had a juicy role on CBS's Criminal Minds back in 2006. There were lots of side characters. Theola June, J.T. Jones, was played by Rain Pryor, Richard Pryor's daughter. She would come in in season three through five. Interesting life story. Has done lots of theater, singing, you name it. She has quite a career. Should really check her out. Billy Connolly would play Billy McGregor. Billy Connolly is a comedian, musician, actor. He's been in a ton of movies. You would probably recognize him from his voice alone. People who were added toward the end of the show for the final season include Michael DiLorenzo as Alex Torres, Laura Piper as Vicky Amory, and Devereaux White as Aristotle McKenzie. Fun thing about White, he played Argyle, the limousine driver in the original Die Hard. Love that character. The final piece of the puzzle was Jasper Kwong, played by Jonathan K. Hugh Juan, an actor whose name I always butcher, but who I really love. He was in two Steven Spielberg movies, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, where he played Short Round, and Goonies, where he played Data. He's also starred in other films and movies, and I've watched some interviews with him even nowadays. He seems like a really cool guy, and hopefully at some Goonies event. I'd like to meet him one day. We'll return after these messages. A baby bird is called a nestling. Name a fruit that rhymes with reach. No. And you got it from your going all the way back. Question and answer game for the whole family. Done at last. Well, geez, how about some M&M's? Hi, kids. Chocolate candies, the milk chocolate. 
chocolate melts in your mouth, not in your hand. See you later. And now, back to our show. The show would change from season to season. In season one, we were introduced to Charlie Moore, the out-of-work actor who becomes a substitute teacher, and he wins over these kids. At the end of season one, there's this great face-off against these really smart Russian kids, and that'll foreshadow later events in the show. In season two, we get to see more of the school, but that's just an appetizer for the awesomeness of season three, where the IHP class goes to the Soviet Union. And the whole episode was filmed entirely in Moscow. It is an hour-long episode, and it was the first sitcom to film there. All sorts of craziness goes on as they interact with the Soviet kids, and it ends with this great concert in Gorky Park with everybody like kind of wrapped arm in arm or hands in the air, and they're swaying to this song, Far Away Lands. It is pretty amazing. In season four, I came back to watch the show, and half the cast had left. Maria, Jawahal, and Janice had all left the show. Maria went to performing arts school, Jawahal had gone to California, and Janice had went away to Harvard. I mentioned the other characters who would come in to take their place. Rain Pryor's T.J. Jones character would come in as a IHP student, but she had been introduced in season three. So there was sort of hints that she was going to make it in the show. Howard Hessman leaves at the end of season four. Sad. Season 5, Billy McGregor, played by Billy Connolly, would arrive to take the place of Charlie Moore. It seems that Moore's acting career had finally taken off. He had a bit of a different way of teaching, and I didn't dislike him as a replacement. I just liked the way things were. So, at some point toward the middle of this season, my interest in the show waned. The show did respectably. In its first season, it finished number 30 in the ratings, then picked up steam. In season 2, it was number 23, and in season 3, which was its apex, it was number 20. That was the season they went to Russia. In season 4, it started to go downhill to 26. Then you think when Hessman leaves that the show might do worse. In fact, it stays steady at 26, but sadly, the show was canceled. It might have been canceled, but they attempted to spin the show off with the Billy Connolly character in a TV show called Billy. It ran from January to May of 1992 for 13 episodes. In the show, the Billy character moves from New York to Berkeley, California, and he is going to get deported. So he marries a single mom and has to sort of live by her rules. Unfortunately, the show did not do very well. They even tried moving it around. It had been on ABC's TGIF lineup in the 9.30 slot. Didn't do so well. And then it was moved to the I Love Saturday Night lineup in May 30th of 1992. The last episode aired. While Head of the Class was not a heavily merchandised TV show, It did have a novel. Now, maybe a novel is too grand a word. It was a book, 120 pages long, six chapters, each chapter based on an episode of the show. If you're interested in it, it was written by Susan Beth Pfeffer. It came out in 1989. It was published by Bantam Books. You can find it on the internet. A copy will run you about four bucks with shipping. 
The show ran in other countries when it was originally broadcast. It was shown in the UK, Ireland, Australia, and Canada. So it had a wide audience. What surprises me about this show is that even though it has its fans and it had such a wide audience, it is not available on DVD, which is a massive oversight. And not only is it not available on DVD, it's also very difficult to get the full run of the show through gray market sources and good luck looking online to find episodes that were posted. It's a real shame because this is a solid show with a very talented cast. It's not thought-provoking or evocative, although the Russian episodes are pretty interesting. Instead, I find the show very comforting when I watch it. Here you have a group of kids who are very smart, yet they have a lot of stuff to learn. And the person who is able to teach them all this is a person who is not from a traditional background, but he brings something to the table that wins them all over. Throughout my academic career, I guess I was chasing a Charlie Moore, and I would find a couple, and I still think about them to this day and wonder what they're doing, if the other aspects of their career ever turned around and they're not teaching anymore. Perhaps they've also been replaced by a large Scott. I don't know. But whatever they did, I wish them luck. Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, you can drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at facebook.com slash retroist.com and twitter.com slash retroist. The music you hear on the show is by Peachy. If you have musical needs, you can email Peachy at peachy at retroist.com. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. were the ones that the girls in the KGB had told them. And for the life of me, I can't remember those dogs' names. Or their names. Oh, boy. This has been a retrospective production. Goodbye.